You're listening to They Must Be Destroyed On Sight. The following podcast contains adult language, adult situations, and spoilers for the movies discussed occur often. You've been warned. Now, take it away, Dr. Rausch. They must be destroyed on sight! Welcome back. It is They Must Be Destroyed on Sight, and this is Intermission episode number 37. And I'm your host, Lee, the ever-present innocent bystander, Russell. And I'm joined once again by my co-host, Paul, athlete's mouth, Ramali. How you doing, sir? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good, sir. How you doing? Good. Yeah, we were talking just a little bit before we started this. Uh, this is something Paul watched when he had some free time. He was like, ah, this should be fun to talk about it's and, one of the ones that i knew about for a long time but i never sat down to watch it and i was like hey that was pretty cool and there was something about the the she monster in this that was kind of uh alluring to the way that it was portrayed you know it was uh, this film really does it just to me this film really does like um encapsulate the idea of like making a film with absolutely no money mm-hmm and, and this is how you do it. And when we get into some of the background on this, um, we'll just find out what a what a nice little carny job this whole fucking thing is. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're doing the astounding she monster from 1957. A, I'd, I'd argue it's like right close to those Z grade things that Ed Wood was doing around this time. You know, like it, it's very much kind of in the same ballpark. Um, but there's some very enjoyable stuff here. That's I wouldn't even say it's like you know so bad it's good like the the ed wood stuff i'd say it's just like generally there's some okay ideas in this one so Mm -hmm. um yeah we're gonna get into that right after a quick commercial break and a little bit of music so we're gonna be right back in paul i think we got this man we got this by the ass oh yeah definitely you ungodly warlock Hello and welcome to Hello, This is the Doom Show. I'm Richard. And I hate the burning. Sheesh, who are you? Speak. (laughs) And I'm Brad. She came in and said, and he said, she said, that's what I got. One is the Suspiria boner. The other is the Inferno boner. (laughs) Anyway. Which one is crying? The boner of tears. <laughs> Hello, this is the Doomed Show. Is available on Hello Doomed Show. Automatic.com and doomedmoviethon.com. Hello, hello, this is the Doom Show. Richard, Brad, Jeffrey, Napa. It's the Doom Show. Hello, hello, this is the Doom Show. Slashers, G.I. Low and Horror. You ungodly warlock. Radioactive Mama. Hold me tight Radioactive mama Treat me right Radioactive mama We'll reach 
critical mass tonight Well, when we get together, clear away the crowd There won't be nothing left except a mushroom-shaped cloud Radioactive mama, didn't me right Radioactive mama, we'll reach critical mass tonight Well, your kisses do things to me in all oh so many ways I feel them going through me, all those gamma gamma rays Radioactive mama, didn't me right Radioactive mama, we'll reach critical mass tonight I kissed you, baby, that evening in the park I lost my hair and eyebrows and my teeth shine in the dark Radioactive mama, treat me right Radioactive mama, we'll reach critical mass tonight All right, we're back, and we are doing The Astounding She-Monster, and we have a trailer. This hand points the way to an experience human eyes have never before seen. Earlier this evening, I saw what looked like a small meteor drop into the desert not far from here. You mean it could have been a spaceship? Robert Clark is the scientist caught between vicious gangsters and the astounding G-Monster. Here is a power that frightens the deer in the forest, terrifies fearless dogs, a woman so intriguing that her face and figure fascinate every man, the woman whose warmth consumes. But the astounding she-monster is no more to be feared than beasts of our own underworld. In case you get any more cute ideas. If you're not too afraid, make a date with the woman you'll never forget. A woman impervious to bullets. Wow, that trailer makes the movie sound really fucking good. <laughs> it made it good and sexy. Mm-hmm. The warmth that consumes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, The Sounding She Monster, 1957. This is directed by Ronald V. Ashcroft, who uh, just did a couple other movies. I, I think he did more like producing and editing than anything else. But uh, he did one called Girl with an Itch from 1958, and it's not about... Uh, an STD or anything like that about crabs. Yeah. It's, uh, it's actually like a, I was looking at the trailer for it and it actually looks like kind of a Russ Meyer type thing with like a really buxom blonde. Super vixens. Sort of like more, more early Russ Meyer, right? Like where, uh, you know, sexy woman fucking uses her 
uh, her her sex to uh, you know control men and stuff like that. Like it looked it looked kind of good. Um, yeah. And then he did another one called Like Wow from 1961, and this one is uh, wish fulfillment. This is a nudie cutie that is like uh, someone gets X-ray glasses basically, so he can. Uh-huh. See- you can see through women's clothes and it's basically just that it's just some guy peeping on women the entire time. From the I always thought that would be cool, but my luck I'd see through like their skin too. And I would mm-hmm. just see like meat puppets walking around. I go, ah man, this isn't a good I thought. Even when I was a kid, I was like the practicality of those ones you, you could supposedly get through comic books. And like, I was yeah. I doubted it. I was like, there's no way that that could work. No, as no. Much but as you I wanted, wanted it to, to, but you know, I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, or the other thing, I wish I was invisible so I could go into the girls' locker rooms, and then all you just see is a bunch of farting girls pulling tampons out. You're like, oh, this isn't as good as I wanted it to be. Yeah, <laughs> the, the reality sometimes doesn't play up to the to the to the hype of the fantasy. The awful truth. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, this is written by Ronald V. Ashcroft as well, and someone called Frank Hall, and this is Frank Hall's only credit. Um, it's starring Robert Clark as Dick Cutler. What a name. Um. <laughs> But uh, 85 credits to this motherfucker um, for movies alone, mostly uncredited uh, and B and small B movie roles. He was he was uh, in the business from 44 to 2005. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, Director, producer, uh, director and produced the hideous sun demon. um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. uh, Produce. And he stars in it too. produced uh, beyond the time barrier. Acted in Girl with an Itch. Um, it was also in The Incredible Petrified World, which I've seen. Um, Beyond the Time Barrier, Frankenstein Island. I've seen that one. Uh, that one's bad. Uh, Midnight <laughs> Movie Midnight Movie Massacre, which is actually a lot of fun mm-hmm. uh, from, the, from the 80s. That's actually kind of good. Um, and Alienator uh, pop up. Um, we have uh, Kenny Duncan as Nat Burdell. He has 241 acting credits alone fucking crazy worked in the business from 1928 to 1961 um this guy played mostly bad guys in westerns like he did just tons of skid row b-movie fucking westerns uh, for years and years he was also a like best buds of ed wood so uh he was in like five of ed wood's things um most notably he was in night of the ghouls and the sinister urge um, he was also in Like Wow, uh, the uh, nudie cutie x-ray glasses uh, movie. And um, we also have uh, Marilyn Harvey as Margaret uh, Chaffee. Um, she did basically nothing else. She has a bit part in Rosemary's Baby as a secretary. Uncredited. Really? Yeah. How, what a strange thing to have a span like that where you do this and you do absolutely nothing else. But then you land Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, not a huge part, but still, it's 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 interesting. I think she was mostly in like Broadway, and like acting was just like kind of a thing that maybe she got a couple roles because she had a connection somewhere. Okay, that, yeah, that it, yeah. Um, we have Janine Tatum as Esther Malone. Um, she was in a, a handful of things. The most notable one that actually kind of looks fun is called Ghost of Drag Strip Hollow from 1959. And that looks like a um, riff on the beach party movies where it's like hot rod kids in the fifties and they go to a haunted house and have hijinks and stuff like that. Okay. It actually kind of looks fun. I actually kind of want to check it out. Um, now here's the most interesting one. 
this is, you know, our titular she monster, Shirley Kilpatrick, um, who was a pinup model. Uh, she had two other credited parts under this name in uh, Silver Load from 1954 uh, and the Gene Krupa story from 1959. And those were both just like bit parts because they were kind of uncredited at the time. Mm-hmm. And she also appears in a documentary called Sunset Strip from 2012, which is sort of both the era of these sort of these sort of movies and the people around them and stuff like that. Right now, it says she died age 35 in 1971. But she is the subject of a longstanding rumor on Internet chat boards and stuff that she changed her name and gained a lot of weight and actually is actress Shirley Stoller, who was like a character actress from like the 60s and 70s onward into I think right up to the nineties before she died in 1999. Um, it says here that she was in stuff like the honeymoon killers. Clute. I have that one. Mm, the deer hunter Wee's playhouse. She, she played mm-hmm. a character recurring. Um, and if you look at the pictures of her, obviously with like a good, like 70, 80, 90 pounds difference in weight on mm-hmm. her. Um, she still looks a lot like Shirley Kilpatrick does here, like facially. Facially, so that, yeah. yeah. But that's why there's so much speculation. I honestly, I don't believe it myself. Like, I don't think. I don't know the idea, the the promise of a fake, uh, a fake death and a real life. Uh, you know, after chicken wings seems mm-hmm. uh, like very interesting. I don't know. That's kind of mysterious. Makes, like, here, here's the th- here's the thing. The one thing that makes me think, okay, there's maybe a possibility, is that she had like this you know a nudie magazine background and for her to like get a serious acting career that she wanted she'd have to like erase that from the record right. kind of thing right well so, depending on what films you're doing you might you might need that but mm-hmm. uh my question it would be like then what's the backstory on this next phase of her life can you trace that all the way back or does that just start out of nowhere because um, if it does, then it adds more validity. That's the thing. It kind of starts out of nowhere because there's this like dismissal of like, oh, where was she in this period in the 60s? Oh, she was working a job at a like an office somewhere, you know, and then yeah, she just hidden pops from view. Yeah, she sort of pops up like three or four later, three or four years later after this, and right. you know, a bit bit heavier and doing other roles. So it's kind of like, uh, uh, was it uh, Tammy Cinch? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I finally watched some of that. I actually don't mind the thicker Sunny. <laughs> Not to be, I mean, she's probably a pig, but you know, there you go. I like it. Whatever keeps her out of jail. God exactly. She keeps going back there, poor woman. Um, <laughs> then we have uh, Ewing Miles Brown as Brad Conley, actor, director, producer. He was in Like Wow. Uh, he was also Blood of Dracula's Castle from 1969. Beast and the Vixens from 1974, which is kind of a nudie cutie with a Yeti or something in it. Oh, um, I got to get it. Mm, sounds good. I don't think it's quite uh, La Bette or whatever the fuck. But, oh, uh, I have that one, too. I have that on Blu-ray. So that's yeah, a good I one. Yeah. I don't think it's pornographic. Like well, it's not made in France. They can't get away with as much <laughs> here. But, uh, with, but with, at the same time, if it's got a Yeti in it, I got to get it. So. Mm. Then we have Die Watching from 1993, which is like a late period slasher from the sort of the classic period of slashers, um, which is it. I've seen it and it's, it's kind of fun. Um, and he 
died in 2019 or so, I think, but he was also in Samurai Cop 2, Deadly Vengeance, which... Fuck yeah. Well, it kind of that movie actually sucks, but um, I, I was just... I was I thought it was cool that he was even working right up till like 2019 and it was mm-hmm. in stuff. So, yeah. Um, what, how... Wait. I just like the fact that the Samurai Cop came out a long time before that to make a... That's like a long time to make a part two. Yeah, and uh, the main actor there, what's his face? He he wants to do a part three, but he wants to do it the proper way. Like, I guess he's not happy with how Samurai Cop 2 was. But but I think the thing is, like, Samurai Cop got unearthed and got, like, this sort of um, newfound love from everybody because everyone yeah. just kind of loved how, like, earnest it was, even though it was terrible. It's like, you know, the director actually thought he was making a good movie and even if some of the cast knew this movie sucked nobody really told them i guess so <laughs> so samurai cop 2 it kind of did the um the thing of the ironic oh we're making a bad movie on purpose and that's kind of why it's terrible um, right so yeah you can't really capture the magic of samurai cop again uh, it's just actually we just we did a screening party of samurai cop a few weeks back um some of our mutual friends on, on a Sunday night, we watched it and okay. Yeah. It's, it still holds up as like highly entertaining. <laughs> um, so we have synopsis here for IMDB. So it's a gang of crooks has kidnapped a rich hires come up uh, against a beautiful, but lethal alien who has crash landed her spaceship on earth. Uh, sure. <laughs> there's, there's really not much of a story to this. No, to there's honest. not. Yeah. I mean, no. they, they, they plot the plot holes are pretty big here, but like they essentially this millionaires gets kidnapped by these these uh, basically the bugle the the beagle boys from uh, uh, <laughs> Ducktales yeah with their drunk with their drunk mother and and then they they have to, you have to have feel bad for this girl so they have mm-hmm. there's the heroine that you're trying to feel bad for and then they have the protagonist which is the lonely cop who likes to talk to lassie he's a geologist who's hanging yeah, out geologist. in his cabin alone with his dog yeah, yeah. That, that stays alone and talks to lassie mm. and then they, their car breaks down because the guy sees the astounding she monster mm. and blows the tire then he goes robs that one i think it's really funny though like who who drives a jeep with no lights well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, uh, there's so many day for night scenes in here, and they just forgot to put the headlights on their fucking. <laughs> well, yeah. oh, oh, well, oh, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about the fucking yeah, the geologist jeep. His lights don't work apparently. Yeah, his uh, lights yeah. don't work. So apparently, he's not a wealthy ge- geologist, and he's no. not a handy geologist. No, <laughs> not... he, can't, he can't do anything. He's yeah. like, oh, I, I got tools in the back of my jeep, but I don't know how to use them. <laughs> right. Yeah, they're just there. They're um, just there. So they so basically they're just driving in the wilderness, which mm-hmm. you know, when you when you have when you kidnap a millionaire, when you already have a pretty good setup idea where you're taking her and where you're holding her, but no, they just drive around the country for a while until they crash. Mm-hmm. You'd think but, that, you'd, you'd think they know where they're going, right? But yeah, but, but they crash and immediately it's like, all right, let's go walking into the woods that we don't know what's in there. <laughs> let's just mm-hmm. do that, you know. Um, all right, I got a gun. I would, yeah, I would, what I would do, better chance another car is going to come by soon. Mm-hmm. Just stick them up and steal their fucking car. Yeah, right? it's called a carjack. I think, you know, mobsters would know that kind of stuff. 
they're not really mobsters. Like, no. That's, there's no fucking mafia that would take these two fucks. Like, that's, right. let's, let's, let's be serious. They, but. They're basically everybody Everybody in the... How about that we, we have this weird movie about this really hot monster, she, she monster that comes from space and kills people by touch. Mm. And, oh, that's great. Well, what should we do for a plot? I don't know. There's two who are these assholes in. Like, literally... There was no script for this. They just mm-hmm. kind of riff, they just kind of improvised. I think someone maybe wrote an outline, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there is narration. Like the first, the first good ten minutes of the movie is like almost all narration. Like it's and 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 it's weird too because half the narration is in second person. So it's yeah. like talking about here's what's going to happen to you, Hyrus, and here's where you guys are going. Yeah, a strange foretelling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very weird. I, I actually, my favorite parts of the films were like her just walking because there was some kind of like sexy alureness about it and the mystery because they blurred it up. But I liked yes. her like with all the, the, like when she picked up the rattlesnake and stuff like that. But like she left the deer alone because it was nice, but the rattlesnake was going to bite her. So she picked it up and killed it. And then the bear, she fought the bear and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I always thought that was cool. Like they played, they did try her the best to play her up as, as you know, dangerous. Mm-hmm. But at the but- same time, everyone like, the geologists like knew exactly what was going on. They, they pulled the dead, uh, they pulled the dead mobster and he goes, that's exactly radium poisoning. Yeah, yep. That's... And I'm like, what? okay. So apparently if you die from radium poison, it looks like someone ate a whole box of uh, powder covered donuts and just choked you to death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking. Yeah. So, so the, the conceit here is that, um, so this, the, she, the, she monster crashes on earth uh, via, I guess her her spaceship is basically like a comet or some shit. Like mm-hmm. the, the special effects, quote unquote, they use to show her spaceship are literally a struck match on the on the camera. Uh, that, that's what they use because it's all just like flame or whatever that's going towards Earth. Um, but so the idea is that she's highly radioactive. So if she touches someone, they die instantly. Uh, if you go near anyone who's been touched by her, you get radiation poisoning. Um, so, but also, and I mean, just spoilers here because fuck it. Um, she's supposed to be an emissary from like a galactic federation that wants to bring mm-hmm. Earth in. And, you know, this is the most back ass backwards, stupid way to send an ambassador to Earth to fucking like bring Earthlings in. Like they, they establish at the end of the movie when they open her locket and find the message written in English that the aliens know how to translate English and they know how to talk to us, but they can't send someone who can like, just talk to you and to tell you, Hey, I'm from another planet. We got this thing going on, this galactic federation. You want to join it? Mm -hmm. No, it's all this like, a uh, comedy of errors kind of thing where everybody thinks she's out to destroy everyone because she's highly radioactive and everyone she touches dies and she doesn't say a fucking thing. <laughs> she, nope. she, she just walks around in the skin tight bodysuit and, and lunges at people. And <laughs> yeah, well, that's the funny thing is she terrifies people. Everyone has a reaction and then she has a counter reaction of death, mm-hmm. but that you don't like if you watch the movie like I did and you did and humans do 
you get to this okay he she crashed here on on not on 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 purpose obviously she crashed here so she's you know a naive creature on an on a dangerous world so she's reacting is fear and this and this and then you okay you get your mind pretty settled on that until the end and then you go what the fuck was that there's literally there's literally a good rewrite to this that explains away everything and makes it like a bit more logical what you do is like, yes, yeah, she crashed, right? But she's not an actual alien. She's an alien robot. And right. when she crashed, she got damaged and she got exposed to the core of her ship or whatever. So that's why she's highly radioactive. And so that explains why she's not communicating with people. Why and she's dangerous. Just, and you know, dangerous and just primitively reacting to things and stuff because there's a she's a little screwy in the in the gyro head or whatever the fuck you mm-hmm. know and, and as long as you wear some kind of like kryptonite condom you can have sex with her and exactly. that makes it better too because yep. then you could have alien boobs mm-hmm. you <laughs> you, uh, you 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 wear whatever you wear a condom made out of whatever material the uh, geologist gloves were made out of it there you go and yeah. then you'll be good oh I mean I tell you what. I was uh, a little drunk when I watched this the first time, mm-hmm. a little bit. And uh, when 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 she fell fell down the mountain, mm-hmm. and they did the spiralgram kind of her falling, yeah. I think I spit my beer halfway across the table. It was fucking beautiful, wasn't it? Like it was. It was really good. <laughs> I I actually though the thing is this is one of those films. The more I'm gonna I watch it, the more it's gonna grow on me. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm actually going to enjoy it more and more and more. It's one of those, some of these films like that have that little appeal that you just can't put a price tag on. I like it. It's just so cheap, but they actually do try to make it work. And yeah, it's kind of endearing. Like even when they're reusing the same shot over and over again to pad it, um, they, uh, <laughs> oh my God, the fucking, um, the fucking day for night scenes in this are bad. Oh yeah, it's bad. Like whenever whenever they can get a shot where they're covered by the trees, it looks decent. Mm-hmm. But then there's all these stretches where they're driving on the road and it's obviously daytime and you can just tell. And also there are a couple shots in this movie where they obviously filled it filmed at nighttime mm-hmm. and they just have like a set fixed spotlight shining on one spot and it just it's so glaringly obvious that they're in a, in a spotlight when they're, I know that one night. scene too, when they finally start driving away, there's a, they're in the shadows of, they're mm-hmm. in the shadows of a mountain. They're shooting in the shadows of a mountain, pretending it's nighttime. That mm-hmm. works perfectly well. Yep. But when you go through a vista on the other side where it's glaringly bright as hell and you can <laughs> see every detail of the mountains next to you, mm-hmm. cut that shit out. Yeah. <laughs> like that should have been edited right there. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. I like the um, the sort of like ghosting double up effect on the she monster whenever we see her walking and stuff. Like mm-hmm. it just it's it's kind of a cool, neat idea. Like she's otherworldly guys, and and this is kind of how she appears to people. She's kind of like ethereal and weird, and it, it's it's just kind of cool. Um, I also like how uh, every time the geologist and the main girl try to escape, they end up back at the fucking cabin. They keep running mm-hmm. back to the fucking it's just cabin. The same place. Yeah. <laughs> the groundhog day. She monster style. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh my God. Okay. The fucking bear. Uh, uh-huh. 
<laughs> this fight you talk you 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 told me you, you're gonna see a great fight with a bear i like it i just told you i like the part where she takes out the bear <laughs> so, she kind of just lightly touches the bear and the bear dies screaming like a monkey it's <laughs> <laughs> just so good though like, I was like they do the tr- they do try to to play her up though that, that she's Ooh. dangerous you know what i mean uh yeah just this big black bear just pulled it boat the nobody boat and then you have this like fake bear she tries to wrestle with for a second yep. and then you see this scene of the other bear just rolling down the hill screaming yeah it's, it, it's, it's just like really good like they, it's like they recorded sound from like howler monkeys or some shit. Well, I mean, like, what the fuck dog makes the noise when it dies? Mm-hmm. When they, when she killed basically Lassie, yeah, it was like, <laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah, everyone has like a horrible screaming death. Well, they I mean, when the drunk asshole that w- that basically carves his name and everything he finds, which is a dumb thing anyway, mm-hmm. uh, when he goes to look. He literally walks a mile and a half out to to the middle of nowhere. Yeah. To get look for like, oh, what was that noise? I don't like God, could you just go a little further? <laughs> just go into the next county. Okay, there you go. Yeah. That, like stuff like that is really and and then the, the dumb uh, the smart one follows him looking mm-hmm. for him. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's 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 clever. And drags his fucking dead body back to the cabin. Like I'm, I'm not bringing this back. Well, I love the times because, like, in the geologist's house, that guy turns his back to the geologist like three times, and there's like glass bottles right there, mm-hmm. and he could just yeah. point. <laughs> I mean, really, uh, the geologist is he's he's kind of bad. He's <laughs> yeah. Well, the first time when you see the geologist when the dog comes in. I was I thought that was narration for a while because I couldn't see his mouth move. <laughs> I was like, it took me a real hard time to watch it go, oh no, his mouth is moving, I guess, but it's so slight you can't even see it at first. Yeah, the fucking the fucking dub post dubbing, you know, that they do in this obviously is mm, a little off mm-hmm. <laughs> at times. Um I I my favorite character is the drunken uh mobsters mole or yeah. whatever the the girlfriend who's just like as soon as they get in the cabin you got a bottle in here sweetheart you know like what, what, what do you got going on here you got a big bottle of whiskey for me to drink and it's like oh, i got mm-hmm. one in the kitchen and then she's just getting drunk just getting yeah. drunk and just getting catty with her boyfriend they're yeah. just they're just fucking i ought to i ought to smack you you lush shut up yeah. you drunken mm-hmm. i'm an alcoholic yeah, I like he's, right. he's a lush. I prefer the term alcoholic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how I saw that you put it as your title. I was like, yep, that's a good line. That was yep. a goodie. Yep. I, I was actually... like, he smacks the girl in the face and she's like, ow. And he's like, you don't have to hit the girl. I'll beat you up. And I'm like, honestly, I think you could take him. Mm-hmm. I kind of <laughs> I, I was pissed that she died. I was actually like, oh, she should survive. It's she's kind of fun, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. When she was at the whole scene when she's holding the gun on everybody, I'm like, he's like, why don't you just take a drink? Take another drink. I think mm-hmm. you need a drink. You thirsty? <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah. So there's like there's actually some good dialogue and good writing in this when they yeah. do it. Like there's other scenes where it's obviously had no script. So it's like the opening where we see everybody in the car when they're driving to this place or whatever. There's like literally three, two or three scenes where they're on them for like 30 seconds where nobody's saying shit. No one says anything and no one does anything. 
and there's like hardly any foley work too so there's like literally no sound pretty much it's mm-hmm. just... no it's like the weirdest the weirdest attempt of getting filler mm-hmm. we yeah. need three more minutes so just look at the camera i guess <laughs> <laughs> and another thing i noticed in I, I noticed this is because I kind of watched this recently and I was like, this, okay, is this in the trivia? Yes, they reused music from this movie in The Beast of Yucca Flats who, oh, a while later on. Thor yeah. Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and honestly, you know, not, honestly, Beast of Yucca Flats, not too different from this in, in some no. ways. But I, I like the music they use in this, these old 50s mm. movies. You know, it's not fantastic, but I, I it has a style to itself that I like. Yeah. And, you know, it's usually you just have some sort of composer hired by the studio. They make a bunch of li- library music for them. And then they just use it for whatever the fuck they want. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the real sad thing is that usually the composer only gets like probably only gets paid once if they get paid at all you know they're probably on a salary it's like you work for this yeah and then they use that same that studio using the same music over and over and over Mm -hmm. and over again for every film that does suck yeah but um yeah technically speaking he should get paid for every time they use the damn thing oh yeah definitely um but yeah i I got nothing else really to say about this other than I really liked it. Like I, it, it's, it's in no way, shape or form, like uh, a great movie or anything like that. No but it's a fun, fun B movie. It really. Yeah. Is. That's why I said, I was like, I was like, Hey, you know, I, I saw this movie. I heard about this movie forever. I never got a chance to watch it. I actually found it. And when I watched it, yes, I was drunk. Okay. We mm-hmm. make mistakes. But I enjoyed it. I actually did. I was like, no, fuck it. We should do this on the channel. This is a fun one. I don't. I, here's the thing is, I just don't ever recall anyone talking about it. That's the, yeah, that's another thing. Like, th- this is one of those um, Z grade movies. Like, this is very much in the same sort of uh, era, sort of er- area as like um, all the Ed Wood stuff. But Ed Wood is the most notorious out of all these sort of directors and stuff. So mm-hmm. his stuff gets talked about, but right. you don't like you're, you're right. I don't see anyone outside of um, like people who used to nerd out and do blogs and stuff before podcasts were a thing. Talk about this. I don't recall anyone really talking about this on podcasts. It probably has happened, but it's very often not spoke of. Like, right. Nobody I mean, really gives, but this is I mean, for me, I can see this right up like on the drive throughs or whatever you want to call it back in the day, mm-hmm. the theaters or whatever with how to make a monster or, uh, you know, the, um, the Michael Landon werewolf. Uh, I was a teenage oh. werewolf. Or I was a teenage yeah, yeah. Frankenstein and, you know, those or, things, or even werewolf. the even a thing that came from another world, you know, things like those kind of sci-fi things. Well, this was, so we'll just get into trivia here, honestly, because, um, so this was shot in four days. This was uh, made for $18,000. No money but, back then. Mm-hmm. But when they made it and they go, went to sell it, they sold it to American International Pictures. And they told American Inter- International Pictures that they made it for $40,000. And they believed them. And they bought it for $60,000. So the people who made this made their fucking money before it even hit the fucking theaters anywhere. They are geniuses. Mm-hmm. And because AI, they made money. They made they made basically what triple the, the pretty much quadruple. Almost. 
yeah almost quadruple and fucking so and also aip um speaking on you know putting this as a double feature they ran this in the theaters for years they programmed this with a ton of their other b movies because you know it's short it's only an hour long it's an hour and two minutes long Mm -hmm. You, you stick this on as a second feature for whatever movie you're trying to promote or whatever that you made in studio or whatever there you go. And it sells itself. They, they no doubt made back their $60,000. I'm pretty sure. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a hit, uh, not necessarily a hit quote unquote, but it was in the package that made money for them with whatever other films they were. It was you know, heavily circulated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, well, if you look at this, let's just look at this. The actors made money. Mm-hmm. The studio made their money back. Like you wouldn't believe yep the 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 production studio that bought it made money the people at all the drive-ins made people you know made money off all the people going seen it numerous times i'd, I'd just say this is probably one of the most successful films ever it's definitely especially for its time and if you like correct for inflation it's super successful for what it was like it's and you're right actually I was reading through the trivia stuff. Apparently everyone involved in it, like the, the cast is super small. They all got paid generally pretty well for their, for their work here. Um, one of the guys, I think the main guy, Robert Clark, I believe he got a percentage of the, uh, of the film as well. Mm-hmm. He was paid and got a percentage. So he, he made a few thousand dollars off of this basically. Right. Uh, at the end of the day, which is really good for, you know, a B movie actor in 1957, mm-hmm. you know? So, mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, so this is my favorite piece of trivia here. Uh, during filming, Shirley Kilpatrick's costume ripped and the zipper was in the back. It ripped in the back. And since the film was done on a low budget and on a tight schedule, she couldn't get a new one. This is why she walks backwards as she leaves rooms and stuff like that. When you see okay. scenes of her walking backwards, it's like, cause she can't turn around. <laughs> cause her costumes open. Mm hmm. The one scene where you do see her back, I almost thought they put like prosthetic, like, I don't know how to describe it. A but like prosthetic her lower spine back. or yeah, something? Yeah, spine thing. Like, because I don't think her spine would stick out her lower back like that. So I don't I don't know if they, I think they probably put something on there. That probably maybe even exacerbated the, the problem where it ripped. I don't know. But it looked like there was something on her back. I think it just had a really big zipper on the back. Is oh. kind of what it was. Because <laughs> like teams. that. Yeah, that whole spine or that whole that whole like spine thing. I think that's just basically the entire zipper right there. You know what? With the blurring, it helped. It actually it worked. It worked yeah. well because it actually added a whole atmosphere to the suit that I didn't even expect. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. hey, fuck it. Another yeah. uh, uh, mistake made. You know, a happy accident. I guess you want to call it. Yeah, and like her suit's supposed to be made out of some sort of metal or something too that reflects bullets, like some sort of super malleable metal fucking costume mm-hmm. you know? so sure yeah, <laughs> whatever i'll believe it fuck it she, i mean she landed from another planet and she's an intergalactic emissary i guess i'll believe anything you throw at me yeah and as long as she <laughs> keeps walking around in that suit i don't give a fuck either i don't know like, you don't give a fuck you know mm-hmm. what i mean i hope she gets nice and sweaty in that suit and i can help her clean it off so <laughs> exactly <you> <laughs> everyone's a winner oh uh, so no, that's fun. a fun one yeah um so we'll have to um I like this sort of trend that we've been doing last little while of like finding these 1950s and 60s B movies and stuff. So we're going to have to 
knock off a lot more of these at some point soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think fifties is definitely one where it doesn't get covered as much. Mm-hmm. You know, and though I mean, mystery science theater did like the werewolf from fifty six with Sam Katzman and stuff like that. You know, the giant claw and things, but there are still a lot of them that are pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm uh, totally in agreement there. So, um, yeah, this was fun. Uh, thanks for bringing it to the to podcast, Paul. And um, tell people where they can find you. You have a podcast yourself. Uh, plug all yep, your stuff. Yeah, Maniacs Meet podcast over on the YouTubes. And then uh, Maniacs Meet over on the Instagram. Then you can check out the PA Brew News, of course. That's my main page where you can do Maniacs Meet, the oil paintings, the beer reviews, mm-hmm. the Funeral Dust 666 for the Black Metal on YouTube. And then go to Instagram, look up Oil Paintings by P. Romale for all the painting goodness and Maniacs Meet on Instagram. So that's pretty much it right now. Cool. And, of course, you can find us at tmbdos.podbean.com where you can find all of our podcasting stuff and all the ways to find us and, you know, all that good shit. So uh, do that. Um, And until then, uh, we will be back again sometime soon. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Same.
Thank you for listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Site. For further episodes, our Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and YouTube links, please go to tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through. Thank you.